Welcome to the LinkedIn Life Podcast, a space where you'll get a behind-the-scenes look into what makes life, work, and culture at LinkedIn so special. I'm your host, Kate Rogan, and I can't wait for you to meet some of my amazing colleagues here at LinkedIn, where we're transforming the way the world works on a daily basis. Let's get to it. Today, we get to know Chris May, Senior Account Executive on our LinkedIn Talent Solutions team out of Melbourne, Australia. Chris joined LinkedIn in 2016, following a pivot from professional football, aka soccer, to those of us in the U.S. In our discussion, Chris shares the highlights and some of the lowlights of his professional journey. We also talk through the importance of resilience, particularly when it comes to working in a sales role, and we chat about what makes the Melbourne office culture so special. Let's talk to Chris. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the LinkedIn Life Podcast. I am thrilled to welcome Chris May to the show today. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, I've uh, been really looking forward to this for a little while, so uh, keen to get dug into to a bit of a conversation with you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a little early for you, isn't it? We're on different yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, we are. It's uh, it's Friday morning for me. It's uh, 8 a.m. You can probably tell by the uh, bags under my eyes. It's uh, it's super early. So I've just managed to get a coffee inside me. So hopefully that'll kick in soon. To get us started, I think our audience would just love to hear a little bit about like your journey to LinkedIn. How did you wind up here? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm uh, eight years in now, eight years into LinkedIn. Um, I don't know if you can still hear in my accent from the UK originally, but now out here in uh, in Australia. So I've been actually in Australia for 13 years, nearly now. I think I was, uh, like most people that come out here backpacking, was going to be doing the old six months, you know, travel around. Uh, I came out to play a bit of football as well or, or soccer. Um, as I say, 13 years later, I've done, you know, seven, eight years at LinkedIn. I've got two kids. I've got a wife. I've got a, I've got a house out here. So it's well <laughs> and truly home now. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, not your traditional journey to end up here, but, um, it's been an exciting one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you went out for six months, you decided like, nope, I'll just re-up on this yeah. uh, every year for a while now. Yeah, yeah basically. And uh, yeah, that's what I did. Like I say, I came out to play for a football team. Someone offered me an opportunity to come out here. A friend was out here um, and it was going to be six months, do the season, travel around, then go home. But yeah, I fell in love with the place uh, pretty quickly and then was fortunate enough to, um, to, to get the role at LinkedIn, which has kind of really elevated things and, and, and kept me here, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like we got to touch on this piece, right? You were invited to play football in another country. How did that happen? Yeah, so my background pre-LinkedIn or pre-even the corporate world, uh, I was a professional football player. Grew up doing that all my life. Left school at 16 and played for uh, Brighton Hove Albion, who are English Premier League. Now they weren't in the Premier League when I was there. They were in the Championship, the league below. So still, uh, still a pretty good standard. That's got nothing to do with you, though, right? Yeah. Well, like no, no, no. Yeah. no. Well, I left. I left, and they've gone from strength no. to strength. So, I mean, it, it could have something to do with it. I don't think so. Don't sell yourself <laughs> short. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that that was me. Left school at sixteen. Like I said, did did football for like full time for four or five years, and then started you know moved around England to a few other teams, and was getting to a point where. Um, I guess I was just another fish in the pond, certainly in the UK where, you know, it's every person's dream to play football. But once you're kind of out of that professional game, it gets very hard to get back into it. So uh, I had a friend out here who'd done a similar journey in the UK and um, had come out to Australia a few years prior and was like, hey, we need we need a goalkeeper. Do you fancy doing it for, for six months? And 
I'd actually just broken up with uh, a partner in the UK and I was like, well, perfect timing. Let's go for it. So, uh, yeah, I signed a contract um, for whilst I was in the UK. They flew me over and, and the rest was history. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this sounds like a squiggly career path, right? It wasn't sort of your typical story of like moving through education system yeah. and then getting your first job. And so how has that impacted your professional journey? Oh, massively. And like you rightly say, it's, I mean, it's Squiggly's probably a bit of an understatement. It's, it's jumped from left to right. It's gone up, it's gone down. It's done backflips. It's done all sorts. Looking back on your career thus far, and particularly that part where there was a lot of movement, right? Like in, in the earlier bits, like what's your top takeaway or what's like the biggest lesson you learned as part of that process? That's a big, big, big question, I guess. Resilience, for sure, because, you know, I was from a young age, you know, 17, what was I, 19, I guess, or 20, I think, when I was told I'm not going to make it as a footballer, I guess, and was just thrown out in, in the real world with, like I say, no qualifications. It, I, mean, I always had an income stream, regardless of if it was, you know, labouring or um, I worked in a clothes shop as well for, mm-hmm. for a little while. And, and I did I did a stint in a clothes shop too. I've also had a retail career in my background. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's the best, what a grounding for people, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and then on top of that as well, one of my first jobs uh, here when I realised I wanted to stay was unpacking containers at, at a big factory. So these shipping containers and mm-hmm. big... Um, like lorries and trucks would come in and I was just unpacking boxes of chocolate at like 5am in the morning for six hours straight, just off a container onto (laughs) another one. So I guess to your point of the question, Kate, is I've just learned that you just don't give up. If you want something, you just, you just keep driving for it. If you can see the end goal for me was staying in this country eventually. So I did what it took to give me that opportunity. And if it was lugging chocolate on my back, till I could get a visa and then, you know, going for interview after interview to the kind of companies that I wanted to go to. That's what I was going to do till I found the job that I wanted. And, and fortunately, I mean, I didn't know it was going to be the LinkedIn job when I first went for it. I thought, well, let's give it an opportunity. Let's give it a go. Didn't know too much about LinkedIn, but the moment I went in for that first interview or I started researching, you know, what it would like be like to be part of, of the company, I, I was in and and, you know, eight years later, I am in you know, and, I, and I love it. So it's been a huge, huge part of my life and I hope it you know, continues to be as well. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like there are so many tidbits inside that journey that our audience is going to relate to because from the outside, sometimes looking at people's careers, they look like a straight line, right? And it's only when talking to people that you sort of realize like, oh no, there are all sorts of twists and turns and like backwards moves and lateral moves and like all types of things that can still get you to the point where you are today, right? Yeah, nothing's a straight line, is it? But I guess those wobbly lines make the journeys a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we've talked about how you got here. Wondering if you could tell us like, what do you do at LinkedIn? I'm uh, an account executive at, at LinkedIn. So that was the first role that I first had when I came in in the, um, the the talent solutions team. So yeah, an account executive. I did that for two or three years under uh, Georgina O'Brien, who was my first manager. Shout out to Georgina, one of the best people on, on the planet. Gave me the opportunity. She took a, a big gamble on me, which she'll probably be the first to say it didn't really work for the first six months. I had a bit of a shocker. <laughs> There's a settling period. Oh, 100%. 
Well, I came in and I had, a, had a, what they call a ramp quota, which was relatively small, and, and I nailed it. And I was like, oh, yes, I've got this job down pat. This is super easy. And then I absolutely bombed out for six months and um, was questioning everything. But then there was a bit of a self-reflection piece and, you know, a lot of education for myself and a lot of talking to some pretty good people around the business that helped me along the way and got myself to a point where I was able to, you know, get back on the successful road and and and, and do quite well there and, so then I moved across to the learning team as an AE again. So I learned some new products, learned a, a different way of doing business, I guess. And uh, most recently just moved from July 1 into our public sector teams. So if for people who like are maybe not familiar with sort of like a sales ecosystem or a business development ecosystem, like what is an account executive? In, in layman's terms, it's a sales role. It's a new business sales role. So any prospective customer client that LinkedIn doesn't have right now. That is who I would go out and target and, and talk to them around their whole, you know, planning, hiring, development um, piece of the organization and see where there can potentially be synergy with, with what we do here at LinkedIn. And in the account executive role, wondering for people who maybe are new to sales or who are encountering a tough time in sales right now, what have you found that has really worked for you during this period of time? Yeah, yeah. So it's a massive question. And, you know, new business sales is, is a real tough slog at the moment. You know, budgets are being cut left, right and centre. There's elections in certain parts of the world. The tech's had a bit of a bit of a slide in its butt, you know. So it is a real difficult role to be in. So I'll go back to, you know, what I said before, resilience. You're going to get no's. Like and this is the thing, you, regardless of what people say about a new business sales, you're at the mercy of somebody else 99% of the time. You're at the mercy of you know, whether it's the right timing for that particular company, whether they have the funds right now, whether they're in a bad mood, you know, you know as, as to whether you could even get them to, to be on the call. You really are at the mercy. So for me, a bit of advice I always got was just, if you get a no, just smile and go, yeah, okay, no problem. Let's chat again soon. On to the next ones. I don't count the no's. I, I tend to try and forget about them and, um, and just tally up my yeses. It's helpful to have good people around you to do it with you, which we always do at LinkedIn as well. And there's not that kind of sales mantra of like us, of me v you or, or me v you. It's, it is really a team motion. So it, it really is a different way of selling, which I do think helps you get to that end result because you're all actually in it for each other. Not It's not an individual thing, you know, which is very rare in a sales environment. Absolutely. Well, I feel like that you've talked a little bit or touched on this a little bit, but like you have been at LinkedIn for eight years now. And I'm wondering like, what's keeping you here? Like I say, it's it's not always been plain sailing there's there's to say we had that little bit of depression at the start when I was trying to find my way had a couple of real rough quarters personal stuff's gone on throughout of that so, so like everybody you know there's always all these other bits and pieces that you think okay do I need a big change in my life altogether should I leave LinkedIn start again somewhere else and maybe that'll rectify other things that are happening in my life but thankfully I never did that and and what I did instead was just talk to the good people around me as soon as I started doing that and actually doing market research understanding my clients better things things changed for the better and so that's kept me there is, is that growth mindset piece i guess has absolutely kept me at linkedin but then just everything else about it like i said a lot of the people in the team have become my closest friends so why wouldn't you want to go to work with your friends every day you know that's, yeah. that's a nice thing to do <laughs> it's kind of the dream right yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> it, exactly right things like you know, wellness programs the ergs I'm, I'm head of the culture committee in melbourne and have been for five or six years you know i i love doing those things for the team i love the events i love 
the the in days, all of those bits and pieces. It's a company that actually invests back in its people and gives them the opportunity to do good out in the world outside of your, your nine to five. So, I mean, there's there's a list as as long as my arm that I could give you as to as to why I've stayed. But you know, just top of my head, you know, they're, they're probably some of the main reasons and just how inclusive it is. And I don't mean just from the employees, just with everything else, like your family's welcome there. My kids come in the office sometimes, you know, that's, that's great. So yeah, big shout out to the rest of the, um, the culture committee here in Melbourne. And I don't know if you know, but, and this isn't self-proclaimed, but we are known as the best office uh, around the globe from a cultural <laughs> perspective, hands down. There's always shouts out. Okay, so tell me the secrets. Tell me the secrets. <laughs> like, it's been like that for a little while, and it's, you know, there's such a great group of people in the Melbourne office, like past and, and present. So, it's, I mean, I know culture is not just about, you know, the events and, and the parties. It's how we it's how we treat each other day in, day out, and, and it's how, how we present ourselves. But I think all of those fun times lead to those things, like how we present, how, how we treat each other. Um, and it, you'd only have to come in the Melbourne office to see how, how alive that culture is. I imagine it's it's like a bit of a gift, right? Like people talk about the culture at LinkedIn, like sometimes to the point where we're like, okay, we get it, but like what's so great about the culture? And the fact that you've mentioned a few things on this call, right? It's like the team player aspect, right? It's not a me versus you on a sales team, right? Which is like very different. There's this smaller community, right? But still part of a larger global ecosystem. And then there is this real sort of sense of commitment, it sounds like, from the team to participating in that culture in a real active way. Is that fair, yeah. you think? Yeah, completely. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how has LinkedIn supported your professional journey, right? You've been here for eight years. You've moved into different roles. Yeah, it's a great question. And to be perfectly honest, it's it's a quite, it's quite an easy one to answer. And it would purely just be the support that I've had from some incredible managers along the way. What I love about it here is they don't see you as, you know, just dollars on a page. Oh, this person's doing great. I don't want to lose them. What the attitude is, is this person's doing great. Where do you want to go next? And like that has been so transformational for me because I don't, I've never known where I wanted to go next because it was all so new to me. So having people there that were encouraging me to think about other opportunities or to look into other teams was like absolutely incredible. So we've covered a lot. And you've touched on pieces of this a little bit, but wondering if you had any advice for somebody who was interested in an account executive role or pursuing a career as an account executive, what would that advice be? Do it. It's, it, it's, a, great, it's a great career, but it's exciting as well. Certainly in a company like LinkedIn, where you do have multiple products to deal with, you know, every conversation is different. The biggest thing is be prepared for it not to be easy as good as it is it won't be easy yeah i've said it a couple of times now is, is around that resilience piece so just if you are going to do it just make sure you're strong you have that resilience and um, but make sure you're honest as well just make sure you're honest with everything you do yeah yeah thank you for sharing okay we're gonna get into rapid fire you ready i'm so ready okay all right what is a song you are listening to on repeat right now uh that would be Bastille, Back to the Future. My little boy is obsessed with music at the moment and literally just keeps playing that song one after another and literally 15, 20 times a day. 
Okay, so you're not playing it on repeat. Your son is, and you're a bystander. I, I'm hearing it, yeah. So now my uh, my on repeat uh, playlist on Spotify is getting very skewed from what he keeps putting on. Oh no, your your Spotify Wrapped is going to be a little bit messed up. Yeah, at the end of the big year, time. Yeah. big time. Okay, all right. What is something that's not on your LinkedIn profile? Classic LinkedIn question. Yeah, that is a classic. I was on the computer game FIFA 2005 version. I was in it. Yeah. Really? Okay, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. what did you think about like your avatar? How did they do? wasn't the best, if I'm perfectly honest. Okay. It was this little scrawny guy on the side of the pitch, and I was like, oh, come on, he could have at least made me look tall and big and all these <laughs> kind of bits and pieces. But, okay. but I was on there, hey, so that was fun. Okay, if you could be a first-degree connection with anyone on LinkedIn, who would it be and why? Okay, cool. So that's a big question. So I'm guessing anyone that's, you know, not on the platform or is potentially on the platform? Can it be anyone in the world, essentially? Absolutely. Anybody that you can think of. Dream big. Okay. Who would it be? Cool. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, I'm going to throw this one out there then. It would be, for me, it would be Eminem. And okay. I know that's I know that's so random, but and he, like, for me, I grew up on Eminem. Every bit of music ever did, um, from when he was underground to right through to some of the stuff that he's still releasing now. I've just been a huge fanboy, so to speak. So if I could connect with him on any platform, it, it, I would. So uh, if he ever starts putting some of his, his businesses on LinkedIn, I'll be the first to connect with him and start following his businesses, that's for sure. Absolutely. Like, well, is there a way that you can integrate this into your quota for this quarter? I feel like this is definitely new business, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, if I could get shady records on, I think they might need a recruiter license. You know, they might want to find some some unheard of hip hop artists that they want to bring on board. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll put that in my prospecting list. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. I like that plan. (laughs) Shady records for life. (laughs) (laughs) What is the worst piece of career advice you've ever received? Career or life advice, either one. Yeah, well, actually, it's for both. It's um, don't rock the boat. So for me, let's rock the boat, right? It's so much more fun. As soon as that boat's rocking and there's waves splashing and things are sliding around all over the place, how much more fun is that than just sailing along plain and calm seas? Nah, not for me. Okay, all right. And then what is the best piece of career or life advice you've ever received? Well, I guess it's, you know, it's all encompassing. It's just be a nice person. Like, like I said before, be honest with people, be truthful, and just, yeah, just don't be one of those people. There's always, in every room, there's one that person that you're just like, oh, that person's here again. And it's like, you just don't be that person, you know. Just always just be you, but be nice. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. and It doesn't cost anything to smile. So just bring that into every room instead. All right. I think that's a great place to end it. Chris, thank you so much for spending your morning with us after traveling this week. Appreciate it. And um, can't wait to share your story with our audience. Yeah, thank you so much. I've loved every second of it. It's been great. The LinkedIn Life Podcast is a production of LinkedIn Careers. To learn more about life, work, and culture at the world's largest professional network, visit careers.linkedin.com.